Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wassenaar, a.k.a. the Red Shirt King. Welcome to a very special edition of the Rough Drafts podcast. It is our day four of our team-by-team preview, where we look at all of the European LCS teams uh, one by one to see how they're going to fare against the rest of the league. I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Walter Fedchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? I am doing pretty good. I am excited to be here, and we get to talk about one of my favorite players of all time, even if he's not on one of my favorite rosters of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's the unicorns of love time, which I wish I had more love for these unicorns than I do. It's It's been an interesting offseason for them. They got Diamond from Gambit to replace Horo in the jungle. They got Fox from SK Gaming to replace Power Vival in mid. Uh, they have Steelback to replace Vardags as the AD carry. And the rest of the team, Vivisachi, Hillisang, and Sheepy, are the same. So, Walter, when you look at this roster, just, you know, first instinct, what are your thoughts on this team? Uh, they're taking a gamble on a couple of young players in Fox and Steelback, and hoping that Diamondbacks, or Diamond Prox's uh, veteran presence is enough to keep them out of relegation. Yeah, I, 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 it hurts me. It hurts. It I hurts just, that this player I love so much has to be on this team. You know, here's the thing. Uh, we're not going to talk much about Fox in this podcast because we thought there were three more interesting storylines to break down. But we had a year of Fox on SK Gaming. I feel like I know everything we're going to get from Fox at SK Gaming. I, that doesn't really come on the taking a risk on a young player angle as much as it is. Uh, he's literally the mid laner we could sign at this point kind of angle. And that's never a point of power that I, that I love looking at here, but let's, let's talk you, about You would I, say it's not a point of power of evil. I, I would say that it certainly <laughs> is not a power of evil point. That's for sure. <laughs> I, uh, let's look at the most exciting storyline. How much does the upgrade from Vardags to Steelback improve the unicorns of love bot lane? Because as we know, Vardags was one of the worst 80 carries we have ever seen at an LCS level. So that's got to matter for something, right? I mean, it it does and it doesn't. I mean, Steelback played very well on Fnatic when he was there, but he didn't have to be a primary carry. He didn't have to do anything crazy. And then he came over to the NA Challenger scene and was mediocre. So... I don't know how much of a of a an uptick it is when you consider the fact that Vardogs and Hillison had supposedly had some synergy from playing together for so long. But this team obviously looked at it, and Vardogs was not a good AD carry at all uh, in terms of in terms of Europe. And they decided they needed to make some changes. Unfortunately, they didn't necessarily make all the changes we expected. So. Steelback probably has more potential, has a higher ceiling than Vardogs, but I don't know if, as a team, it really changes anything. It's hard for me to get overwhelmingly excited about Steelback, just because, as you said, his time in the North American Challenger Series, this is one of those things where uh, you really have to look beyond the initial stat. Because if I just told you, still back at a 14.2 KDA over four games, you'd be like, wow, that guy must have been amazing. And then I would say, 
uh, and only three of those were kills. And you'd be like, oh, maybe not. Um, and that's that's kind of a problem. Uh, and everything we could say about Spring that was great, he had a ton of kills, very high KDA. Uh, you know, these are these are nice things. But his laning has always been an issue. He was 10th amongst EU LCS 80 carries at CS at 10 minutes with a negative 6.5 differential. His laning was terrible. Uh, his CS per minute was 7th at the time. His damage per minute was 7th at the time. And this is when he was playing on Fnatic, when everything was going this team's way. Uh, really, a lot of those kill numbers and the KDA numbers hid the deeper problems in Steelback's game. And... You know, it didn't seem like it was a lot better in the North American Challenger Series. He had a negative 1.8 CS at 10 minutes. Uh, he was behind in gold differential at 10 minutes. These are not great things. And sure, you're going to be better than Vardax because literally anything would be better than Vardax was, who was last in CS at 10 minutes, last in gold per 10 minutes, last at CS per minute, and dead last, even behind uh, Woolite in damage per minute. Uh, this is not great, but... It's uh, it's not a huge upgrade in the way that some people might think it was just from the name recognition from Fnatic. But speaking of name recognition, we have Diamond, who is very much a well-known name. You've already professed your love for him on this podcast. And he has this tendency towards less traditional jungler picks. So my question to you, Walter, is can that weird kind of champion pool recreate the magic that the Unicorns of Love pulled off with Kikis during the 2015 spring split? No, because I think that that roster was was doing very particular things with the players that they had. They also had interesting picks that were going to uh, visit Chachi in the top lane. You had uh, Power of Evil that was trying interesting things across the entire course of his career with Unicorns of Love, whether it was, you know, like Nasher's Tooth, Oriana. Like, they, they just did weird stuff because it fit in with what the team was capable of doing. I... Diamond has always been a player that tries to innovate in the jungle. He tries to figure out something. Everyone remembers he's the one who really like pulled Lee, the, in in season two pulled this like Lee Sin heavy ganking style with Edward playing Alistar, you know, tower diving at like level three uh, the, in the middle lane. Like they did a lot of interesting stuff. He was the one that pulled Sejuani out when when last year at the uh, I am um, Canavise. I think it was where he pulled out the Sejuani and then Sejuani was this really strong champion pick for, you know, uh, maybe a month and a half. So I think he'll bring it out, but I don't think that that's going to bring back like their winning ways of, you know, IEM San Jose last year where they brought out the jungle twisted fate and they were doing so well last year. I I don't think that that's what you're going to be expecting from this team. I think there will be a couple of series where they look interesting because someone does something interesting and maybe they'll take a series off someone. But at the end of the day, I just think on paper, it doesn't matter what they do. They aren't a very good team. It's, it's tough. You would want to believe that, you know, when you look at the strengths of this team, what was Unicorns of Love really good at? Uh, well, people always said chaos style, which analysts like you and I hate for a ton of different reasons, mostly because it should never be about chaos. It should be about controlling the chaos to your advantage. But this team doesn't have that same kind of power that it did then. Hillisang hasn't looked like the same guy he did in the spring. Uh, Fox is not the same kind of carry that Power of Evil was able to be when you had these weirder kickies picks. And Diamond has not been that consistent um when we saw forgiven fall out over the last couple weeks due to his uh ban diamond did not look great and that's something where 
I have a worry, you know, especially going back to the 2015 spring split where Diamond was very hot and cold. I have a lot of concerns that, it, you know, if he's the guy that's supposed to save this team, that's not where I want to be as a Unicorns of Love fan. But I've got a bigger fear, Walter. And that fear has to do with Vizisachi and Sheepy. Are these guys outclassed at this point in their careers by the opponents that they'll play on a week-to-week basis? Yes. 100% yes. I don't think Vizicachi should be in be a top layer anymore, and, and they don't have an analyst or, or real coaching staff. Sheepy, their pick-band phases are awful. I don't think that Sheepy was the one that was innovating and creating all this stuff for uh, for them when they were on these crazy runs. I think that they just needed a coach, and Sheepy was like, all right, well, I guess it'll be me because you guys don't really need or want a coach. So I think at the kind of the end of the day, there are a lot of organizational uh, organizational pitfalls with this team. That's that is what has led to their downfall. Back from when you know people thought, oh, maybe they're going to go to Worlds. You know, may, they're going to be a good European team to where they are now, which is you know picking up the picking at the scraps of what they can find and you know taking players that that were not successful in Challenger or you know at at the LCS level. It's really hard to look at either of those guys and feel great about it. You know, Viz Asachi can point to, hey, I got, you know, a 3.1 KDA. That put me fourth amongst top laners. I was first in kill participation, which was essentially a long way of saying the Unicorns of Love didn't get that many kills outside of, you know, team fights and some kind of weird back and forth there. Uh, he did fine laning. He, had a th- he was third in CS differential at 10 minutes. But as soon as you got out of the 10-minute mark, he was ninth in CS per minute. He was seventh in damage per minute. Seventh in earned gold per minute. These are problems. Uh, this is not the guy that they need in the top lane's position, especially when you're allowing yourself to have a guy like Fox as your mid laner, who we know is not a carry. When you're looking at a guy like Steelback, who we know is not this you know, definitive laner in his own right. But I'm with you. I think the biggest problem with this team is Sheepy. I think that you know, he is the founder of this team. He is the guy that has been with this organization since they started. Uh, I, I don't think he was ever supposed to be a head coach. I don't think that was ever where he was supposed to end up. But at the same time, you know, you got to look at it and say, well, crap, we got to do something. And they needed a coach and, and he stepped up, but they didn't put any of the time, the money, whatever they needed to to get a new infrastructure, to build up on something, to let somebody else take those reins. And I don't know if it's because they don't have money or because they're just not particularly well-organized because these aren't guys that specialize in this, but it really does feel like it set them back significantly as far as what their potential could be. But Walter, I'm sensing, I'm sensing that you're getting something from your crystal ball, the clairvoyant Walter is coming to the forefront. Walter, what are you seeing? I I am seeing something that that Diamond Prox is going to do something innovative this season. He is going to do something, and while this team is not going to go anywhere, he is going to do something that that adapts that other junglers are going to have to look towards and are going to have to add into their repertoire. Whether it's a champion, whether it's a particular like you know, jungle path, whether it's some hidden little strategy, he is going to do something. And there are going to be a couple of weeks in the season where diamond is going to look 
pretty good like he did last year where there was a few weeks where he looked like he might be getting back to his old self. So I would definitely be on the lookout for that. If it comes at the right time, this team could sneakily snake its way into the playoffs. I, I just don't know how likely that is because I don't think the Diamond is going to be able to have an extended period of success because Diamond is the best player on this team. And if you are a Unicorns of Love fan, that should kind of disappoint you that compared to where they were last year. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i very disappointed in this team for a number of reasons. Uh, Hillisang did not take the step forward I thought he would from the spring. Visasachi has kind of failed to prove that he can be more than a guy who brings out some weird picks every now and then. Uh, Fox and Steelback are kind of uninspired signings, I'll say. It's it's rough. Um, you know, my mom is always going to love this team because they're called the Unicorns of Love, and she's a big Unicorns fan, just in general. She's a fan of them whenever they're in the Heroes of the Storm as a mount, too. So, you know, all four of these kinds of marketing things. But you would think that an organization that has that kind of marketing power would have done more with it. And it's just kind of a shame to see, you know, as all these other teams are expanding their infrastructure and getting these coaches, getting these analysts, really taking a hard look at how they can be the best that they can be. We're looking at a team here with one guy who's the owner and head coach and was never really designed to be either. And that's just a shame. But Walter, where do you see this team at the end of the day with all of these things considered? I, I think this is a team that's going to be struggling to, to stay out of relegation, um, which is so sad because my poor Diamond Prox does not deserve this. And uh, maybe they surprise us. Maybe Fox and Steelback take some like crazy leap and are kind of able to drag the rest of them along with them. But I, I just don't see it. I don't think they have the infrastructure in place. I think other teams are way ahead of them in terms of their coaching staffs and analytics. And just talent-wise, I think there are a bunch of teams that are way more talented than this roster. So it, it's going to be another kind of disappointing split as a Diamond Prox fan and as a Unicorn of Love fan, in my opinion. Yeah, this is going to be rough. I think if they get the seven seed, they're going to have to consider this season a massive success. Yeah, I think that's where they are at this point, which is – Never where you want to be as a, as a whole, but at this point, you know, you just look at the players that you've put together and, you know, how little infrastructure you have, you know, how, you know, Kikis was able to compensate for some of that because he sees the game in a little bit of a different way, but you don't have that anymore. You don't have, you know, you, I guess you turn it over to Diamond, but, you know, even Diamond has worked with coaches for a while now and, you know, he had that big moment where he realized he can't do it all on his own. He's not at that point in his career anymore. And I don't see anyone on Unicorns of Love un- unless Hillisang and Steelback make a leap and the spot lane just becomes, you know, sneakily good. I find it very hard to imagine this team in the playoffs. But you know what? That's okay because we've got many more teams we're going to be talking about in our team-by-team preview. Uh, we have just finished day four here in Europe. We've talked about... Vitality, Splice, and H2K over the past three days. You should totally check those out, uh, as well as our four episodes we've now done on North America, TSM, Immortals, NRG, and CLG. And if you want to listen to all of those, you can find them at soundcloud.com slash esportsgamblinghour or follow us on iTunes at the Esports Gambling Hour. You can also talk to us on Twitter. I'm at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Walter, what can they find you? You can find me at C80s underscore LOL. 
And you should definitely come back tomorrow because we are going to be talking about a team that is rebuilding for the second year in a row. But this time, I think people are going to believe in it instead of uh, abandoning the ship so early on. So until then, goodbye, Internet.